Ew, That's Creepy podcast is officially back after a short hiatus. The next two episodes, the twins will be discussing mysterious disappearances. How can a 14-year-old boy take a train to London and never be seen again once stepping off? This episode will discuss the heartbreaking disappearance of Andrew Gosden. Buddy, man, it's been forever. It feels like Jackie and I have missed you, creepy cats. We hope you all were doing well during that time and stayed creepy. We know you guys did, and Jackie and I wanted to get back into it with just something that we personally always got so invested in, and something that would just um, be a good topic to talk about. And so, of course, what could be better than some mysterious disappearances? These are definitely the types of cases that keep me up at night. How do you guys feel about them? People either love disappearances or you hate them. Like, our mom hates them. She always thinks that there needs to be closure. She won't watch Disappeared and stuff like that. Jackie and I always loved the mystery behind it and just the fact that I do feel like there are disappearances, like we've talked about before, that are 20 years and that person ends up being found, so. I agree, you never know, it can happen, so I'm always going to be a fan of mysterious disappearances because I just feel like more clues can always come out. Of course, I agree, so let me just get right into it and tell Jackie about today's case, so. This is a pretty famous case. I had never heard of it. I think just because this one took place in England across the pond and it was in 2007. So I guess I wasn't consuming as much true crime in 2007 as I am now. But, well, we don't know if it's true crime either way. But there was a recent update in this case as of January 2023, so I feel like now more than ever there should be some pressure applied to the police and to investigators to um, have more updates. We are talking today about Andrew Gosden. This is just another crazy one too where I could think about this and I literally think I spent an entire week just going down rabbit holes and looking things up on this. So Andrew was born on July 10th, 1993 in South Yorkshire. Yorkshire? How do you say it? Yorkshire? I feel like they make it sound better when (laughs) English people say it. But Andrew was a pretty quiet and normal child. He had two loving parents by all accounts. Their names were Kevin and Glennis, and he had an older sister named Charlotte. She was two years older than him. His parents were Anglican Christians. They went to church often. Their kids sometimes attended with them, but it was said that Kevin and Glennis didn't baptize the children because they didn't want to impose their views on their children from childhood. And I really liked that because I just thought... That um, that was such a sweet thing for them to do. I respect that. 
As Andrew grew up, it was clear that he was very intelligent. He was extremely good at math, and Andrew's teachers and family recalled that he was a straight-A student, and his schoolwork was basically easy for him. So they knew that Andrew was just going to do brilliant things one day and get into all the best schools, everything like that. He was a Cub Scout at one point. He was also a member of the Young, Gifted, and Talented program at school, which was a program for the top 5% of gifted students in each class. I think that we had something like that in elementary school. Yeah, I remember that, but wow, he's killing it. Yeah, and it was said that Andrew was pretty quiet as well. He was just very thoughtful and... People said he always had a calm demeanor. You know those people who are so intelligent and so smart, they're always calm and cool and collected no matter what? Mm -hmm. It seemed that even though Andrew was just 14 at the time of his disappearance, everyone described him as having that um, nature about him. He was just always calm, never upset, and just pretty quiet. And they all said that he was wise and very mature. Wise beyond his years. Sounds like a good person. (laughs) Could go wrong. I know. And Andrew's nickname at home was Rue, which I thought was cute also. So like I said, Andrew was 14 years old when he disappeared, and he disappeared in 2007. Andrew's family said that at the time, he had been just cruising through school because it was really easy for him He was kind of bored with it. He had just started that year at the Macaulay Catholic High School. And his family said that he was, he just preferred to stay, like, spend most of his time at home. He did have friends. And Andrew's father has said that his friends were also highly intelligent and they would hang out together in school, but once school ended, the whole group kind of just, like, went home and did their own thing. Which I don't think is odd for students who are that intelligent when you're young. I definitely remember, um, you know, I feel like people who were so intelligent that they preferred to spend time reading and doing their hobbies rather than goofing around with their classmates. Jackie, lover of alone time. I know. I'm like, you know, I think that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) And I agree. And so his parents weren't worried or anything. No one thought he didn't have friends or anything. He did have friends. They just preferred to spend most of their time in school together. And in Andrew's free time, he liked to play video games. He loved to play Xbox like most boys who are 14 do. And he had just started listening to metal music. He told friends shortly before his disappearance that he wanted to dye his hair black. (laughs) And it was said that even though he was 14 when he disappeared, he looked younger, more about 12. He was 5 foot 3 and he wore glasses. And he has a distinctive double ridge ear. And when I saw a picture of him, he really does look younger than 14. I do think he looks more like around 12 years old. He had the kind of like shaggy Justin Bieber hair. Just looked um, young and innocent like he was. 
So the day before his disappearance was September 13th, 2007. Everything seemed normal in Andrew's life. Um, the Gosden family has said that looking back on it, Andrew's parents did notice that in the first two weeks of school, because they were only two weeks in, that Andrew had broken out of his daily routine twice. And they said that Andrew was very detail-oriented, always did his routines, never really broke astray from them. But on two occasions within the first couple days of school, Andrew walked home rather than taking the bus. And the walk would have been an hour and 20 minutes from school. Jeez long so it's if he usually if you were going to walk that far you would tell your parents or give them a reason but his parents said then he just came home and he didn't say anything so they didn't really mention it because he was normal besides that they trusted him they just thought you know maybe he was being a little rebellious perhaps they just gave him his space because nothing came of it he just walked home But now looking back on it, we'll talk about that later. So now it's the morning of September 14th, 2007, the day of his disappearance. The night before was very routine. The family ate dinner together. Andrew worked on a jigsaw puzzle with his dad. And then after he watched some TV with his mom and then he went to bed. The next morning... Andrew woke up a little later than normal and his mom noticed that he was cranky, just crankier than he normally was. He was running late and he just seemed to have a little bit of an attitude, which she said he never really had trouble waking up for school. So she kind of just thought, um, you know, having a rough morning. Andrew left for school around 8 or 5 a.m. He was seen by a family friend walking towards the bus stop. But this family friend later told the family and investigators that he, they had seen Andrew pass the bus stop and keep walking down the street. Hmm. That's strange. It was later discovered through CCTV footage that Andrew had went to a local ATM. It was later discovered through CCTV footage that Andrew actually went to a local ATM where... He withdrew $200, leaving only 14 which he could not withdraw because the ATM only had bills by the 20 so it wouldn't give him the $14. He then was pictured on a neighbor's security footage camera walking back home. So I... His parents had to have already left for the day because no none of no one in his family knew that he came home or that he wasn't going to catch the bus. So at home, Andrew changed out of his uniform. He put it in the wash. He then changed into casual clothes, wearing a slipknot t-shirt and black jeans, and he took a bag of his with his wallet, keys, and his PlayStation Portable, PSP. But he didn't take his PSP charger. And he didn't take his birthday money that his parents said they found in his room, which was almost $100. So, um, strange. 
At 8.30 a.m., Andrew left his house again and was spotted doing so on the neighbor's surveillance camera. He headed to Doncaster Railway Station where he purchased a train ticket. He purchased a one-way ticket to London. And the ticket seller specifically remembered it because it was only either cents or like a couple, well, it wasn't American dollars, but if it was, a couple cents or dollars more to purchase a return ticket. But Andrew insisted he didn't want a return ticket, just a one-way ticket to London. Oh my God. I know. So at 9.30 a.m., Andrew Gonsden was seen on CCTV footage at the railway station. Passengers also confirmed that he was on board of the train he bought the ticket for. One passenger remembered sitting by him and he was completely engrossed in playing video games on his PSP. Not surprising. Yeah. So, meanwhile... Andrew's school did notice that he was absent, and he actually had a perfect attendance record prior to that. So, that was odd that he just didn't show and his parents wouldn't have called his teachers or anything like that. So, the school did call a phone number that they had listed for the Gosden family, but either they looked at the wrong number or they misdialed. So they actually figured out that they dialed an incorrect number, so the Gostons were never called, unfortunately. Yikes. I know. That's unfortunate, especially now in, in hindsight. That person who called from the school probably looked back and felt so bad. I'm sure. Around 11.20 a.m., Andrew's train arrives in London. It's a beautiful sunny day in September. At 11.25 a.m., the last known footage of Andrew was captured as the outside of the train station caught him leaving and just, you know, walking down the street. In London. Yeah. What the hell? Later that day, the Gosden family sat down for dinner, as usual, They thought that Andrew had been playing video games in the cellar. I assume he would probably have gotten home first normally, so they just thought he was down there. And no one went to check until dinner time. And that was when they realized that Andrew was not there. That's so scary. I know. Literally every parent's worst nightmare. I could not even imagine how your stomach would drop realizing that you don't know where your child is. I know. The family began to do... Pretty much what most parents do in these circumstances. They call all of Andrew's friends to see if he's with one of them. If maybe he's just running late. But sadly, no one had seen Andrew. And he, the family learned from friends that he hadn't been in school. So at that point, the family really panicked. And they called the police and reported that Andrew was missing. And this is another reason why the case is so crazy to me that they reported this the same day by 7 p.m. And the police. Yeah, and the police began searching. But the sad thing is that they didn't realize yet, obviously, how could they, that Andrew was on the train to London. So they searched all around the neighborhood that night and they didn't find anything. But I do give it to, it is also just crazy because, like, the family and the police that night 
main leaflets with Andrew's photo and information, and it was already being shown to the public. Wow. That much is good. So, it's just crazy that even though they were looking in his neighborhood, they were still spreading the word around that he was missing and putting his photo out there. Police started to go to bus stations in the area looking for Andrew and asking if anyone remembered seeing him. Three days after Andrew disappeared, they had not seen or heard from him, but police did get in contact with the ticket seller who remembered seeing him. And like I said, she told the police everything and said that she remembered him because he didn't purchase the return ticket. And so the Gosden family was told this information from the police and Andrew's father, he did say that he didn't think it was incredibly odd that Andrew would go to London because they had a lot of relatives and he had some close friends that lived there. I mean, it's still strange though. And so the family, of course, call all of their friends in London, any family who they think Andrew could be with. And once again, no one has seen or heard from him or had any plans to meet him in London on that Friday when he went missing. So a few days after Andrew's disappearance, the Gosdens decided to go to London themselves. They visited a lot of areas where they believed Andrew would be interested in. They said that Andrew loved going to museums and kind of places that fit his personality since he was so thoughtful and intelligent. So they went to museums, places that they had been with Andrew before, and the family would hang out in those areas, search them, give out leaflets with Andrew's information, um, just really doing everything they can and showing his face. So even the Gosden family now is traveling to London just days after looking for him, showing posters of him, which is, again, it's just so like, how could we not find him? It was just a couple of days that they were doing this. And I just yeah. feel so heartbroken for the family, just standing outside a museum, like hoping that you would see him approaching. It's just so heartbreaking. That is really sad. While the family were doing their own investigation, police also were using what tools they had. The British Transport Police went through CCTV footage from the train station. And this was when they saw Andrew leaving. So prior to that, they hadn't actually confirmed that he had gotten off of the train because they didn't have the footage of him. But so after a few weeks of them looking, they did find it and they circulated that through the media again. And it was helpful because they, Andrew had a distinctive double ridge on his ear. So most people when at the top of your ear have that little ridge of cartilage, like you just have one little ridge, Mm -hmm. but he had two. And so that's pretty a noticeable factor. There's no way he could change that. So that was one thing that was helpful from seeing the footage of him. Um, But once again, it's so sad. There weren't any leads or sightings of Andrew after that that were really that helpful. 
It was really devastating for the family who was just praying that he was there visiting friends or visiting someone. So, and obviously, police are led to the question to why was Andrew going to London in the first place? Why was this 14-year-old skipping school for the day without telling his parents who were extremely chill and trustworthy? His parents said that they could have, he could have told them anything. They really were, obviously because they didn't get their children baptized. They didn't want to impose their views. They're very thoughtful, considerate people. Yeah, it's like he knew he wasn't going to come back from the way he bought his ticket. I know, but it's just also weird because he didn't take his PSP charger and stuff like that and his birthday money. True. Or clothes. Yeah, it's like he had a plan, though. So, the first trail that police went down is that Andrew had to have met someone online. He's 14. He's interested in video games. It's 2007 when MySpace and everything like that was getting... Everyone was really starting to get into social media and talking online. So, of course, that was what police thought. That that had to be um, some sort of trail they could follow. The family home didn't have a desktop computer. Andrew didn't even have an email address. So, in 2007, email and instant messenger were your main two ways of communication besides calling someone. Yeah. Who also remembers making, like, blue-eyed baby girl 212. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What would yours have been? I don't even know. Hmm. Something cutie, like 412. Blonde-haired cutie. Oh my god, I miss when they had those. Soccer girl cutie blonde. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, but yeah, so that, this was the time, and like I said, those would have been the main two ways of communication, but police could find no records of Andrew ever having an email address. Andrew's sister Charlotte recently had gotten a laptop, but just a couple weeks before his disappearance... And there was a forensic investigation done on the laptop, and there were no signs that Andrew ever used it. No telling search history or anything like that. Mm. Charlotte told investigators, too, that Andrew never asked to use the laptop. He never asked about websites like MySpace and things like that. So Charlotte just assumed that he didn't really care to meet new people. He liked new technology, he liked games, but he wasn't looking for interaction really that much. Yeah. Police even took computers from Andrew's high school and public library and performed forensic investigations on them but found no trace of Andrew ever having email accounts, ever being on the computers, ever having communication with anyone. That's crazy. Police also investigated Andrew's Xbox and his PSP. Both had the options to connect to the internet live and do live gameplay and chats and things like that. Um, The police sent the IP information from his PSP to see I don't know if it's an IP address but whatever they like sent the coding on it (laughs) to see if it had ever used the internet at any point and it said that it never did what the hell I'm creeped out I know 
But, okay, I will, uh, like I said, I went down a rabbit hole on this, and I just want to say that someone on Reddit made a really good point, and they said, how, though, could you start your PSP and your Xbox without an email address? You have to use an email address to log into Xbox. Yeah, that's a good point. That's where it would, like, send your passwords and stuff, I believe, if you forgot or couldn't get into your account. So, that was a good point. Someone pointed that out, and I was like, oh. Unless they used his parents, I don't know. I thought that too. Maybe his parents just used it when they bought it for him and they told police that, so police didn't need to make that public, but yeah. just pointing that out there, because something to note. You never know. Andrew's father. He started to think of some theories, and he was placing some really good ones on the table. He told police that he thought maybe Andrew wanted to take a day trip to see some events, some attractions... Um, He looked into things that were going on in London on September 4th, 2007. And one was the YouTube gathering, which is an annual gathering that happens. It's more common now with conventions and everything like that. So this is what was happening in 2007. But the family said that Andrew wasn't on YouTube enough to know YouTubers or to want to go to a convention about YouTube. So they thought of it, but they just were didn't really think that he would actually go do that by himself. A more promising event that Kevin Gosden brought up was that maybe Andrew had gone to London to see 30 Seconds to Mars, which is an American band, and There was also a farewell concert by a British metal band called Sixth, Sixth? it's S-I-K, capital T-H. But this was pretty plausible for the family. They didn't really think it was in Andrew's character to do this, but like clearly he had done it. So they thought, well, maybe if he was skipping school, it would be to go to this concert because it was their farewell concert. People were saying, you know, at the time, it's one of a lifetime, this band's last time performing with this original group. And the show was originally scheduled to start at 4 p.m. So maybe that would make sense why he would skip school. He, If he asked his parents, he wouldn't be able to go after school. He would have to go during it. True. Police and investigators appealed to the public asking concert goers to review their footage, review photos, videos that they took, and see if Andrew had been there. But again, sadly, no one came forward, which I think is pretty telling because if there was someone who they said, even though he's 14, he looks 12 and it's 2007 and he's at a metal concert by himself. I think people would notice a little bit. Someone would have at least noticed. Someone, a ticket seller, would remember him. Police also looked into a hymn concert, another metal band. Um, They were playing in London around the time, but this show was invite only, so that was even more unlikely. Police thought there was no way that he would go. And uh, again, no one saw him there who had attended. Some other theories, um, because police really did look into these that Mr. Gostin was coming up, up with, and it's so sad that he's, like, really thinking hard and coming up with good theories, but I feel bad for them. I really do. 
So years start passing by, unfortunately. Kevin, the uh, the father, like I said, he's been the most outspoken. He's kind of the one who will represent the family to and speak to the media and things like that. He told the media he believed that Andrew had to be going to London for some event that he was not going to get permission. He thought that whatever it was, he clearly thought he couldn't tell his parents. He was doing something sneaky. In 2000, which I will say, let me point this out. This does lead the question. So maybe he was going to one of those things. Maybe he was going to one of those events. Something bad happened. And unfortunately, something bad happened. Yeah. And maybe that's why there are no records of him talking to anyone online. He was just going to this concert. Yeah. That could have definitely happened. Or just, I don't know, something accidental that's not like foul play, but... Right. It's just weird that no one saw him. Mm-hmm. Two years pass. So it's 2009, and age progression photos of Andrew were released to show him at age 16. Shortly after, Kevin pub- publicly asked the gay community for their help in finding Andrew. And he said that the reason is that the family thought potentially that Andrew might have been struggling with his sexuality. They said that just from knowing him and being around him, he had a personality that, like, I don't even know how to put this, seemingly could be LGBTQIA. They just thought that perhaps he was questioning his sexuality. He never talked about girls or being interested in girls or anything like that. Um, So... They said that maybe they had, Kevin had said that before Andrew disappeared, the family, I believe he and his wife had talked about it and thought maybe he is, but it was too awkward at that age, 14, to bring up. So they just said that they assumed if Andrew had wanted to talk about anything, he would. It's still just like, how is there no record of it though? Exactly. So who was he going to meet in London if it was someone who was potentially gay or queer but whatever who we met online it's like how would he have gotten a connection in london if it were not for online and the gosden said in that he also said kevin that the family would never have cared if andrew was gay they still wouldn't care they love him unconditionally so they just asked the gay community specifically to look into you know if any of them had ever been in communication with him before or after his disappearance yeah if anyone had heard anything so i want to talk about also um the family started to criticize police as years of investigating went on and there were no real leads on andrew's disappearance kevin has said that He claimed the police investigated him and the family in the first couple of weeks and months more intensely than looking at outside sources. Kevin claims that the police were more concerned with interviewing the family than looking through the CCTV footage and interviewing potential sightings of Andrew. He points out it did take two weeks for the footage to be found and shown to the public. So the family's just upset that they were really looked at by police more heavily than 
they thought efforts should have been going to the public. I understand that. But at the same time, it's like I kind of get it both ways. But I did like, too. Right after a child goes missing, that's the most important time. So it should and have been equally split. I agree. It is hard because a lot of the times it is family related. How often is it that a child actually disappears and it, the family is not related and it's a stranger? It is pretty rare. So I do understand it. But there are things that Kevin has said that the police did not fully investigate. And I do think that this is something that is problematic because there has been in all of the articles mentioned that a customer at a Pizza Hut restaurant specifically claimed that they spoke with Andrew the day of his disappearance. I couldn't find if the if Kevin and Glennis found this person or if police did, but either way, a customer did come forward at a Pizza Hut in London claiming that they spoke with Andrew the day of his disappearance. The family said the Gosden family did speak directly to this woman, and I'm not sure specifically what she said to Andrew, but based on her conversation, the Gosden family does believe it was him. There had to have been something she mentioned that he either spoke in a certain way, um, so they really did believe that this was Andrew. And the Pizza Hut was almost an hour walk from where the train station dropped Andrew off. So it is in the walking vicinity. There were also two or three sightings of Andrew within the first week of his disappearance. The Gosden family claims that they were not fully followed up by investigators. I think that the um the Pizza Hut disappearance the lead that they found I don't think was investigated into a few weeks after so at that time you lost so much time if they would have maybe found that within the first couple of days that would be really helpful yeah I mean I'm sure it's hard since it's well no it's not that far for them Whether fully investigated or not, like the Gosden family claims, there were people in London that claimed they had seen Andrew in nearby areas shortly after his disappearance. These aren't, no one can confirm, there's no CCTV or anything like that, but it was said that, um, so like I said, he was seen at the Pizza Hut Pedestrians claim to see Andrew on Oxford Street on September 17th. So that was a couple days after his disappearance, which was on the 14th. Oxford Street was the same street that the Pizza Hut was on. So the fact that a couple different people said that they saw him did seem to be more credible. It's just strange because it's like at that point, the Gosden family was, I believe, in London looking for him. Yeah, that is pretty crazy. The next day on September 18th, there was a reported sighting of a younger-looking boy sleeping on a park bench in Southwark, so another district in central London. The day after that, on September 19th, someone apparently saw Andrew stepping off of a train arriving in Waterloo. Again, still in central London. I believe this person who saw Andrew claimed that he was not wearing warmer clothes and 
he was not wearing the clothes that he was reported to be seen on September 14th. So I think that the police showed him a picture and he said, yeah, that was the boy, but that wasn't the clothes he was wearing when Mm. I saw him. That's weird. Yeah, very interesting. A month after, in October, on October 19th, a woman claimed she saw Andrew in Covent Garden, a popular tourist spot where there's a lot of shopping and dining. The woman told the boy that he looked a great deal like the boy who disappeared in London the month prior, but the boy said he was not missing and he was not Andrew Gosden and walked away. Oh, Interesting. There were a few other sightings, I believe, that were told to police, but the family claims that police didn't speak to many of the witnesses. I think that the family talked to a lot of these witnesses and found them. And the Gosdens also claim that the woman who believed she saw Andrew in Covent Garden was not interviewed for over a month after the police were told about the sighting of him. Yeah, what the heck? There's no excuse for that. Like, the parents are just doing their own investigation at this point. And it's really sad because they were having potential sightings of him within the first couple weeks. And then after that, they just stopped. The calls stopped coming in. The leads stopped. And it's just really sad because it feels like, on one hand, the police were doing a lot. But it's still just not enough because they're... They should have been more heavily investigating sightings in London. Yeah, I agree. As time went on, age progression photos have been shown to the public. Um, There haven't really been any leads or any hits from the photos. The family in 2011 employed a company who uses underwater sonar technology to search the Thames River for any human remains. Unfortunately, they did not find Andrew. They did find another body, though, which is pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. But so the family's even searching rivers to see if maybe it was an accident, something that had happened to him. But unfortunately, he was not he was not there. I mean, fortunately, because he's probably yeah. still alive. Fortunately. It just is, like, uh, hard, right. really hard that they have to keep going through measures like this. Mm-hmm. In 2017, 10 years after Andrew disappeared, the South Yorkshire Police posted an update to the case on their Facebook page, basically just saying that they are still investigating, they are still looking for Andrew, And the police specifically said in 2017 that they were investigating requests of similar glasses that Andrew had worn. So Andrew had really bad vision and the police were taking his prescription for his eyes and referencing other people who had that vision. Well, that's smart. Yes, so it basically was seeming like they had a hit. Maybe someone was out there and they were looking into that person. But nothing ever was reported with that. Nothing more came of that after police said in 2017 with their update. Um, So clearly there was nothing that came from the glasses. In 2018, the family received information from a source online who claimed that they had been messaging someone by the name 
Andy Rue. Remember, Rue was Andrew's nickname. And this one, seriously, like, I think about this all day after I heard this. This Andy Rue user was messaging someone else online. And they said that their boyfriend had left them and they needed money to cover their rent. The person messaging with Andy Rue said why... They were like, okay, we'll help you. We'll send you some money. But Andy Rue said back that they could not receive a transfer because they didn't have a bank account. The messenger asked them why, and Andy Rue responded that they left home at age 14, so they had no bank accounts. Ooh, that's weird. That is the age that Andrew disappeared, age 14. What the hell? The family sent this information to the police because it was the person who was messaging with Andy Ruth that gave it to them. But the police were somehow unable to trace the user and the person going by Andy Rue. So that person was never identified and they could never trace it to any IP or anything like that. That's crazy. That lean seemed so, like, potential. Yeah. But at the same time, maybe it was... it could just uh, be a coincidence or just something weird. I don't know. Or we know how people are on the internet. Someone who knows the story well in London or something like that. But for the family, it was really something that they thought about. In 2018, for Andrew's 25th birthday, the Gosden family publicly released two more age progression photos to show his age at 25. And the rock band Muse also asked the public to help them search for um, Andrew Gosden, which I thought was really nice of Muse to bring attention to that. That Things were cold for a while, but in December of 2021, South Yorkshire police arrested two men on kidnapping charges, human trafficking, and one man was arrested on child pornography charges. And somehow the police said that those arrests are or could be connected to Andrew Gosden. Ew. And that was in 2021. And that was basically what they said. They, I don't believe, gave names of the men, but said they were all of their devices were taken and they were doing investigating. But as of 2023, people asked the police for an update and they said they were still investigating those two men and their ties to Andrew. So they're keeping everything close to the vest. And it is a little frustrating for the family. They're like, kind of, why are you even giving this information if you're not giving us the update? Yeah, two years is a long time. And what is this connection to him? Like, I wish that they would say, I know it's hard because you don't want to compromise an ongoing investigation. Yeah. But I can't even imagine how frustrating the family would. Yeah, it's like, why not just say nothing? I know. Or just tell the family that. Yeah. And this case is such a tough one because there seems to be just no solid lead, no evidence. I read a lot of Reddit threads of people giving their opinions and things like that. And it's just so hard to say. A lot of people did point out online, people do think that because Andrew went to the Young and Talented program, he did some of that over the summer, where for a couple of weeks, he, 
I think he was, I don't know if he was staying somewhere else. I believe it was a little place that the kids would stay over the summer, do activities and things like that. Andrew's parents said that he loved it. It was one of the first times he had been really socializing with other kids. So some people believe online that maybe Andrew met someone through the Young and Talented program. Maybe it was someone who was working there who could have like groomed him or some horrible, disgusting situation like that. But there were a lot of users from the UK on Reddit who were commenting saying that um, they had been to the camp, but they didn't think anything of it was really weird or they never heard anything strange. But that doesn't mean that it, it could never happen. You never know. Others think that maybe he was groomed by a close family friend who lived in London. Maybe this person promised Andrew a day of fun and that was why he went. Some people say that maybe he had to have known this person and he didn't get a return ticket and he thought the person would drive them home. But people in the UK have said that that would be ridiculous to drive instead of taking the train because it would be three hours from London to Andrew's home by car and not a train. So yeah, there was no way he would have gotten home and not had to explain to his parents that someone dropped him off. Mm-hmm. So everyone kind of just is wondering why did he go to London? Did he somehow meet someone online who he was going to meet Was it really Andrew at the Pizza Hut and when he was seen in other places, did Andrew not meet anyone online and did he go to a concert like his father thought maybe he could have and did he unfortunately get kidnapped along the way? It's just so many questions that we wonder. Um, But if those two gross scumbags were arrested for kidnapping charges, I want to know if they have evidence of something where... They had kidnapped kid children before from London or something like that, which I it's just still so everyone is wondering why did he go to London and that's just something we'll never find out until Andrew is found or someone can explain what happened to him. That is really crazy and I just can't believe the police said that those two guys were related to this. So it's just like what do they know? But hopefully, it, there's just some sort of news released to the family soon. The thing that's frustrating too is that they were arrested on kidnapping charges um, and kidnapping charges and these other charges but it's like, to whom though? To Andrew or to other people? Yeah, I don't get that either. Like, who are the charges with? (laughs) I know that sounds so weird. But But it is. We need to know. And I still think, too, if Andrew was meeting a friend online and something bad happened along the way, why wouldn't this person just come forward at this point and say, yeah, we were kids and we were skipping school and he never showed? I agree. It's just so odd because it does seem like there's a correlation. The obvious thing that's left is that he somehow orchestrated all of this on purpose and was actually seen in central London around the time. Maybe he was trying to start a new life and something bad happened after that. Maybe somehow. I don't think a 14-year-old with $200 could start a new life. But yeah, 
I'm shook. What do you think happened, if you had to say? I feel like he, the sightings probably were him, and then something bad happened. I think so, too. I just really don't know why he was going to London in the first place. Maybe to start a new life, or maybe because he just thought he could, but then, you know, was going to come back eventually. I know. Who knows? Well, unfortunately, that is where the investigation has ended. I won't say that is where everything ends because police have said it's ongoing. And I just really hope that since they had an update in January of this year, that with some pressure applied, they can really give an update on this almost 20-year-old mystery. I agree. Hopefully they can get some answers soon. And I hope the family can get answers because they have stayed investigating and been so just persistent through this whole thing and I really do my heart goes out to them and let me know what you guys think of this case let us know if you have heard it I had never heard of this which is pretty crazy a 14 year old being just vanished into thin air after they're seen on footage leaving a train station um let me know if you guys have heard of it and let us know your theories on this Yeah, and let us know if you guys want more unsolved mysteries, if you guys are into those type of things, because we definitely are. Jackie will be telling us another mysterious disappearance soon. Yes, I will. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Ew, That's Creepy Podcast. Bye. Bye. Want to creep on us? Follow us on social media at Ew, That's Creepy Podcast. Or send us an email at ew, that's creepypodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks, creepy cats.